Welcome to the Empowered Podcast, where we bring you expert clinical perspectives on the latest health data and wellness trends. Each week, we'll cut through the noise and answer your unanswered health questions, helping you take control of your everyday well being. DX podcast is for general educational purposes only and is not medical advice. If you have any questions about your own health, please consult a healthcare provider. Visit the Empower DX Terms of Use webpage for the full podcast disclosure. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Empowered Podcast. My name is Austin Alvarez, and I'm here with Aaron Jerger and Dr. Travis Wilkes. How's it going, team? Great. Travis, how are you? Also great. Perfect. Glad to hear it. So now, for everybody listening, it is winter in our hemisphere and it's cold. And I wanted to talk about something related to that, which is seasonal affective disorder, SAD or seasonal depression. I've also heard it called winter blues. So Aaron, where did you want to start with this conversation? Yeah, I mean, I will admit that I don't know a ton about this. So I'm excited to ask Travis lots of questions. Um, <clears throat> but Travis, what are some things that make this happen? And why would someone think they have this disorder? And what are some things that we can do about it? So seasonal affective disorder in a nutshell is, um, is sort of a depressed mood that, um, that happens in the winter time as uh, days become shorter, uh, darkness is more common, um, there's less sun exposure, it becomes colder. Um, it's sort of a, a, a winter sadness. Uh, but it's very real, and um, you know, I think it it needs to not be ignored. I think people um, sort of uh, just say, "Oh, I, it's the winter, so I get sad in the winter," and I think that's uh, bad for quality of life, and it needs to be taken more seriously. But what about people that it's just like been rainy for a week, and they start feeling down? I mean, is that the same thing? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I guess it's sort of like a micro season. Um, it's uh, I don't I don't think it's been formally, um, you know, formally identified or as a as a diagnosis. But uh, yeah, I guess a, a really bad storm that really gets you down could be like a micro season for you, and could probably be thought of in a similar context. A lot of it, from a research standpoint, seems to focus around sunlight exposure. And so one of the, the, the best treatments for it has been using light boxes um, that sort of mimic sunlight exposure. Um, there's, there's a lot of these in the market um, and, it's, and light boxes are, are they, they're kind of like lamps, but they're different in the sense that they put off a very specific amount of, uh, of light. In, in terms of evidence-based stuff, um, the effective amount, kind of dose of light um, for seasonal affective disorder is 10,000 lux. And so there's there's these light boxes that are pretty readily available um, that, uh, that provide those 10,000 lux. And then there's some guidance that's been put out um, on um, how long to use them for and when you should use them. And there's a, a website I refer a lot of people to when they're sort of dealing with this called CET.org, Center for Environmental Therapeutics. That's been a good resource um, for a lot of people as they're, they're trying to kind of maintain this. And I think, I think another thing to think about is that, so maybe it, your, your mood doesn't get to where you're clinically depressed, um, but I think a lot of people's mood just kind of gets down to some degree in the wintertime. And so I think that most people um, who live in colder climates especially can benefit from um, from using a light box. Now wait, 
talk to me about this light box because I'm used to doing photography with a two foot wide white light box that I don't think my body could fit into. Are we talking like a tanning bed size or like a no? <laughs> yeah, I got to be careful with, uh, with using the word box. I guess so. Uh, I, I guess they're um, they're like. Uh, one to two foot uh, kind of uh, square box uh, that goes like on a desk and, um, and and sort of you know you don't want to blind yourself in the eyes with it but it sort of sits next to you on your desk and um, and, and that light uh, is able to get into your eyes and stimulate kind of a chemical reaction I mean we already know a lot about what light does to the eyes um, and the and the chemical reactions in the brain that come with that. So we're we're very our, our bodies are very tuned to light and darkness, and certain chemicals get made like like melatonin. And there's a there, there's a, a bunch of interesting stuff with that when you get into our blue light exposure right now because blue light which comes from computer screens and phones and tablets and all uh, the blue light is actually really bad because it it can tell your brain that it's two o'clock in the afternoon when it's really 11 o'clock at night and then your brain doesn't make enough melatonin and then um, you, you don't get good restful sleep and all, all this kind of stuff. So this is sort of the opposite of that. So this is a lot of light that you use at say nine o'clock in the morning. Um, and then that big kind of high dose of light uh, gets the brain to produce all these chemicals in a, in a good way um, that boosts your mood and keeps you from having the um, the sadness that makes sense and i feel much better that i don't have to climb into a box for an hour or two every day during the winter because that would make me even more sad right yeah it's all about the eyes and what goes into the eyes so would you recommend that most people get a light box for instance and just put it on their desk if if it's every winter if they notice they get a little bit more depressed mood symptoms or what yeah, I don't. I mean, I think that I think that most people can benefit from it. I mean, especially how so many people work. I mean, even people who work at home, people who work in offices, who uh, you know, the, their uh, their work days are sitting at a desk, um, often in closed rooms where they don't get much natural light, and um, and having this uh, this sort of artificial. Um, this artificial form of uh, very powerful light that sort of mimics that summer light, um, I think really benefits all humans. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah. know if you can get too many hours of it? I think you were mentioning there's... Well, yeah, I mean, you can get too many hours of light in general. Um, yeah. You know, that's... Uh, if you think about it, if you, if you lived in a lit room all day with lights on, I mean, that would be... Uh, torture for your brain and would be really unhealthy so you want to have um, a lot of light in the daytime um, and then you want that light to abruptly stop at some point um, especially blue light exposure um, several hours before you go to sleep or use blue light filtered lenses or um, different types of blue light filtration um, so that then your brain can switch to a nighttime mode and the pineal gland which is the, the gland in the brain that makes melatonin can then get activated to make melatonin and then put you into um, a, a, into a very tired state um, of 
falling asleep because you, you know you don't want to be tired in the daytime but you want to be extremely tired when you go to bed otherwise you've got insomnia issues and and that sort of thing so um, it, a lot of it's about timing and that that's why I like the I mentioned the cet.org because they're they're that website's been really helpful in kind of giving people good information on on how to time things gotcha now about this melatonin thing is it as simple as during the winter or during maybe darker months, I don't get as much exposure to sunlight. And so my body just naturally is producing more melatonin. So I'm sleepier, I'm sleeping longer. No, so it's not really melatonin during the day that you're getting, you're just not getting the other chemical production um, that you that you need and get in the summertime. Got it. Is there anything else um, besides light therapy that people can do um any supplements or what about vitamin d yeah, so vitamin D, I mean, vitamin D is big. I mean, a lot of people's vitamin D levels drop in the wintertime because they're not exposed. Um, I, you know, I've uh, I've sort of been attentive to that in testing people's vitamin D. And um, and there are people who will have a normal vitamin D in August who do not have a normal vitamin D in January or February. And so, you know, sort of uh, monitoring vitamin D becomes important. I don't, you know, th there's not a good a really strong tie between seasonal affective disorder and vitamin D where you can kind of draw that direct connection. But I think there definitely is probably some association and it's, you definitely want to keep your vitamin D level um, in a good range throughout the winter when you're going to get less uh, natural production of vitamin D and sort of being attuned to that. But I also think it's uh, it's a good time to if you're feeling these effects to kind of say wait a minute what what am I doing for my mental health or um, am I exercising enough um, do I need to see a therapist are there other things in life that are happening where um, that matters or even even talking to um, to your doctor there are medications um, that are particularly good with um, with seasonal affective disorder um, certain types of antidepressant medications that um, they can be prescribed and really help lift people out of um, out of a seasonal affective disorder um, situation so I think that uh, that not I think the big thing is to not just say it's winter time so I'm sad and then dealing with that I think that that say okay it's winter time I'm feeling my mood change maybe you're using a light box maybe that's enough maybe it's not enough but if you need to pay close attention to yourself and say okay well that's not enough I need to go and talk to my doctor I need to start seeing a therapist I need to you need to seek um uh, help and not just uh, not just uh, deal with something because it's happened to you for the last three winters. Say. Mm -hmm. so taking a holistic it's approach. Now you mentioned vitamin D though in testing, and that's just obviously one component in a mixture of things, right? And in, in addition to everything else you mentioned, but for those who want to test, when's the best time to begin testing? Is it in October? or midwinter and then do you retest after you start either you know supplementing vitamin d or trying to eat a ton of high vitamin d foods yeah so i my general convention is um is to is to test vitamin d you know whenever it sort of comes up and then 
to you know if we choose to supplement um, or or not to recheck it three months later um, because you kind of learn you know a season's gone by um, three months is generally enough time to see a difference if someone's been supplementing on a daily basis or consistent basis um, so probably you know doing it every three months will give you a really good amount of information about how you sort of respond seasonally or how you've responded to supplementation. And then, you know, depending, once you've sort of worked that out, you might be able to cut it back um, and, and check vitamin D less often. Um, but I think learning um, how vitamin D is, uh, is, is shifting through your body through the seasons is really, really interesting and really useful. I mean, another thing I think about with this is that, um, if you're if you're sort of conscious suddenly of your mood and thinking more about like you know am I happy am I sad is the weather affecting that is the the um, daylight savings situation affecting that and uh, and in kind of dialing into that you may want to look at other things too I mean you may want to say okay well um, is there more to this story do I have B12 deficiency do I have a thyroid issue do I have um, all, all these other things that can affect mental health. What's, you know, do, do you know your MTHFR gene um, situation? What, what uh, learning more about your body can be triggered, I think, by, by these kind of moments of something's not right. And then you say, well, let me dig into that. And I mean, what, what I love about Empower is we're able to then offer, you know, the, these insights into answering these questions. Yeah, that's brilliant. And we do offer all of those tests you just mentioned conveniently. And so for all of our listeners, you're welcome to go to EmpowerDXLab.com and check out those tests. We have an at-home vitamin D test, the MTHFR gene test, a B12 and folate test, and two different versions of thyroid in, a, in addition to an advanced thyroid test. So go check those out. Yep, it's a new year. Everybody can start fresh and, and make it through the winter and um, test when you need to. Yeah, but Aaron, you want to make it through the winter without hibernating. So the, <laughs> human, the human life cycle does not inc include hibernation. So you don't want to go into winter and gain 20, 30 pounds um, and then create create kind of a yo-yo effect and then start exercising in you know spring when the weather gets a little bit nicer. you got to attack it in winter and figure out Okay, how do I make winter a productive, healthy time of my life? I like that. I like, I like it. that too. Sounds good. Thanks, Travis. Definitely. Thanks, Travis. Talk Thanks. to you guys later. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Empowered Podcast, your trusted advisor for all things health and wellness. For more information on how you can take control of your health, visit EmpowerDXLab.com or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you next time. Until then, stay empowered.